Hey, we got a special thing for you guys tonight. You guys ready for this? How many of you guys have been listening to the new album that we produced that the team's turned out good? Awesome. Tonight is going to be fun. We're doing some something special. We're hearing some testimonies from um, some of the songwriters from our worship team as to um, the reasoning and the heart behind why the songs came to existence. You know, um, tonight is different. It's a little bit different. You're going you're gonna to walk away with something. We're going to give a little bit of the word, but we're going to share some testimony. And I believe this. The testimony is just as powerful as any sermon that is preached because it's living proof of a mighty God actually working in someone's life. Amen? Because it says in Revelation, what, the enemy was defeated by, one, the blood of the Lamb, what Jesus did at the cross, but secondly, by the word of our testimony. Amen? Is that we all have a God story in us, and so we're going to hear a little bit about that today. And so um, we're really big. Um, I don't know if any of you guys were listening to The Fish this morning, but our team was on the radio this morning, and they got to play a couple songs. And I want to say this. Tonight we're talking about this album called With You, and it's not necessarily because we're trying to sell CDs or anything like that. We just want to break even on that. We just want to be a blessing to this church because we believe God gave us some some words to say and some heart to share with you guys, and we want you to be blessed. So we're big on this album. I'm really excited. This has been a dream of mine for a long time, and Pastor Trevor's is that we would have our own original songs. It's awesome to cover everybody else's songs. There's some amazing songs written in the body of Christ. Chris Tomlin, Dave Crowder, Matt Redman, United Live, you know, all of that kind of stuff. That's cool. But how awesome is it when God gives you your own song to sing? And so Anchor has now come up with their own album. But let me just say this real quick to brag. Um, I'm super blessed by this team. You guys got to know this, that this isn't just like a bunch of singers. And this is Tom, by the way. He's not on the worship team. This is Pastor Tom. <laughs> but, but for all of the worship around here that goes on is um, we, have a, we have a rule. It's just kind of like a, a thing we drill into everybody. No divas, no rock stars, no pride, no ego. N- ego. We're here to serve Jesus. Nobody owns a mic. You know, nobody owns the stage. We're all replaceable. We're here just trying to draw people into worshiping Jesus Christ. And I got to tell you, these guys, I'm super proud of them. Tonight when I heard that song for the first time live, the last one with you, I was losing it, guys. I was like tearing up, like literally. I'm a grown man and I'm crying in the front row here because I heard it on the radio a whole bunch of times, but it has meaning. It's all about the back story. You guys ever get songs or verses or words stuck in your head? Anybody, like you sing along to the pop songs? You don't want to, but like my, my daughter a few years ago was into uh, One Direction, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a, I'm a 40-something-year-old man, and I'm like, maybe you light up my head like nobody else, right? You don't know you're beautiful. I'm like, ah! I was so disappointed in myself. I was literally angry at myself for letting those words get stuck. But sometimes we memorize words to songs. Sometimes even this, we memorize Bible verses, and they're cool and they're powerful. But you know what's even more powerful? Is when you find out the backstory behind the words that are spoken, the songs that are sung. And tonight we're going to hear a little bit of backstory. Let me give you an example. There's a group that I've grown up listening to, I love since the 80s, 90s, is U2. Any U2 fans in the room? Bono and the gang? Okay. There's a song that they, they produced a few years back. It's called um, Stuck in a Moment and You Can't Get Out of It. And it won a Grammy, actually. And it's a really good song. And I thought, hey, another good song by U2, one of my favorite bands. I love them. And then I found out the backstory. Now, this is my point tonight. When you hear the backstory and the testimony, the words take on a whole new meaning. The words in that song were actually written because Bono wrote about 
his friend, good friend, Michael Hutchins, that was the lead singer of In Excess. Anybody ever listen to In Excess out there? Besides, all right, there's a few older people in the room, but this song, this group In Excess, and Michael Hutchins was the lead singer out of Australia, and his, his friend Michael Hutchins hung himself. He committed suicide. And Bono actually writes this song. Here's why he writes this song. Here's the meaning behind the, the lyrics. He wrote this song about the suicide of his close friend, Michael Hutchins, lead singer of In Excess. Bono characterized the song as a fight between friends, which he felt guilty for never having with Michael Hutchins while he was alive. As Bono said in 2005, it's an argument between mates. You're kind of trying to wake them up out of a foolish idea. In my case, it's an argument I didn't get to have while he was alive. I feel the biggest respect I could pay to him was not to write some stupid, soppy song so I wrote a really tough, nasty little number, slapping him around the head. And I'm sorry, but that's how it came out of me. Now, when I found out what the lyrics to that song were, it's one thing to sing along. It's a cool tune. It seems to make good sense. When you hear the backstory and you understand it's a man grieving over a friendship and wishing he would have had an argument with him to make sure that he would never do what he ended up doing. And you know what hit me like a ton of bricks? That's my job as a pastor, as a Christian is that life is short, and my job is to risk the fights, risk the hard conversations, to save people and bring them back into God's best for their lives. And so that song just took on this dramatic meaning. And then I read this verse, these two verses that Moses actually said to God in the Old Testament, and and here's what they say. And this is the the theme to that song we just sung in this album. Exodus 33, 15, Moses said to God, if you don't personally go with us, then don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me and on me and your people if you don't go with us? For your presence sets among us, sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Now, here's the backstory because you could say, oh, that's pretty neat. It sounds like someone devoted to God and they don't want to go anywhere without God. That's really neat. But here's the backstory that makes it more impacting and more powerful. Moses' backstory is this he was raised in the palace in Egypt by the Pharaoh, he's raised and he's bred for leadership. He messes up. He takes justice into his own hands. He accidentally kills someone. He runs away and hides from the law about 300 miles away in the the land of Midian. And he becomes a shepherd. From being in the king's palace to the lowly shepherd, the Bible says that Moses became the most humble and meek man on earth. Because he went from having all of this to 40 years sidelined, escaped in in Midian, and he becomes a shepherd. God appears to him in the burning bush. You get bush. You guys know the story, right? Moses, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt. God brings about the ten plagues to help convince Pharaoh that God's really in this, that he's powerful, and you better let my people go. Moses, you lead them. Moses is like, I'm just a guy. I don't even speak very well. You want me to lead an entire nation out of one land and into another promised land? How am I going to do that? You guys know the story, the miracles. They cross the, the Red Sea on dry ground. All of Pharaoh's guys are killed. They get, they get in, they're saved, they're in the wilderness. All the people start complaining against God and against Moses. Moses gets the Ten Commandments and the law from God. Um, and then God promises Moses, lead them into the promised land. I'm going to send my angel to go with you to help you get into the promised land. Now, this is where Moses comes along and he goes, number one, God, I'm 80 years old. This is a huge job you've got for me to do. This is unsurmountable odds. I'm leading a whole nation I've made some victories. I've, I've, I've had some mistakes. I've tried to do it my own way. It didn't work out. I feel incapable. I'm unsure of my calling. I'm not a good speaker. I'm not a good leader. These people are criticizing me, and I'm trying to help them. And I'm trying to love them and bless them. I feel alone. I'm scared. God, I don't want your second best. I don't want your angel. 
And here's where the verse comes in. God, if you do not personally go with me, then I'm not going anywhere. And here's the words that we just sang in that song. All I know, God, is I don't want to go anywhere without you. This has been a theme in my life for the past year, the past couple years, but it was the cry of my heart. This verse, I kept telling to the staff and everybody, is we're not going anywhere as a church. I'm not going anywhere as a man if God is not with me. If I don't have the presence of the Lord in my life, nothing's going to succeed. But if he's there, if God is with me, then everything's going to be okay. Then everything's going to work out. Amen? And so the word that we want to share with you, the word from the album tonight, the backstory of what all these guys want to, want to give to us, my takeaway is that if you have God with you, then everything is going to work out. And there's an incredible backstory when you sing, sing these songs. I want you to hear from the songwriters themselves what was going on. So listen to their backstory as I introduce Trevor Fergie, our worship hey. pastor. Come on up, Trev. <laughs> this means that you have to come up here. <laughs> you don't want to go anywhere without God. So, um, hi, my name is uh, Trevor. I'm the worship pastor here. And uh, my lovely wife, Sarah, is sitting in the front row. Why don't you stand up and say hey, hi? No Sarah. one ever gets to see you. There's her hand, everyone. Um, and uh, we've been, we actually just made seven years being married. So, May 3rd. May 3rd, 2009 is when we got married. I actually led worship Sunday morning and then drove in the car <laughs> to get ready to get married that afternoon. That was crazy. Pastor Carl married us. <laughs> um, so the album, so just a backstory on my life. Um, I grew up in this church. I, this, is the, this is the first and only church I've ever been to. Um, I, I've been coming here since... 1999, um, my dad ended up bringing us to church here when, when it was still in Ben Parker, and um, I met Pastor Tom there. Like that was when he first became the junior high pastor there. I was one of his kids, and uh, so I've been in the church forever. And um, God really put it in my heart in in high school to be the worship pastor of the church, and um, I really wanted to get you know to get all the knowledge to do whatever I could. I was bugging these guys all the time, like, "What what can I do? Am I ready? Am I ready yet?" And they're like, "No, you're not ready." Um, and so I finally, you know, uh, through a series of events, I I, I went to um, Hillsong College and uh, to scope to scout it out basically to to see if I was going to go there. And um, God gave me this vision of our church just packed with people, and He told me, you know. You have everything you need right now to make a difference in your church, and I don't want you to go to, to, to college over here where everything is nice and it's all hype and Hillsong's amazing and everything. Um, I want you to go back and be under leadership and, and submit to them and just use whatever you got right now, and I did that. And, um, you know, three or four years later, uh, Pastor Carl gave me a call and said, hey, I think we think you're ready. You want to be the guy? And I was like, yes. I quit my job at Starbucks, <laughs> became the worship pastor. And um, things were going well for a while, and then our church just hit this season of uh, turmoil. You know, there was gossip being said about us, about Pastor Carl, and um, people were confused in the church. It wasn't anything, like, that we did. Um, it wasn't any, like, embezzlement or anything wrong that we did. Pastor Carl wasn't in sin. Uh, he wasn't, like, you know, caught with drugs or had an affair or anything like that. He was good. Um, but through everything, through everything that we were doing, we were trying to remain integrous, and people in the church were confused. You know, there was, there was financial difficulty. Um, a lot of people left, and um, so that kind of 
put the staff in turmoil. We had to lay some people off. Um, there were some pay cuts, and I had to get a job actually with uh, Mike Colson, Sabrina's dad, part-time <laughs> working construction and doing uh, the, the worship pastor thing. And um, my wife and I actually just bought a house the year before, and so we're trying to keep up a mortgage payment. And in my head, I'm thinking, like, God, you put this passion, this desire in my heart, and you said I, I could do this. You know, you said you'd set me up for this, and it seems like it's going to fall, like, it's all going to fall apart. We weren't sure if our church was going to even survive, if Pastor Carl was even going to come back and be our pastor. And um, so all this is running in my mind, and through the midst of it, I'm just, I'm confused, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm, I'm bitter about the whole situation, but um, I felt like God was just telling me to, like, stick it out, just to, to hold out and just stay there. And, you know, I don't know if, if you, what you're going through or, or, or where you've been in life, but have you ever been in a place where you think you have everything figured out, like you have your, your dream job, or maybe you just got married and you're with the, with the right person, and then you hit like a, a rough patch, like a storm, and things are shaken up, and you just don't know what to do anymore. You don't know if it was the right decision. You don't know where to go, where to turn, and that's kind of where I was in my life, and um, one of the songs off the album uh, called Carry Me, uh, my brother and Tyler and I wrote it together, and the, the first line in the song is, through fire and flood, you make a way. And um, with you, I don't have to be afraid. And that's actually a scripture pulled out of um, Isaiah. And it literally says that, like, through, through the fire and the flood, I won't let you drown. I won't let you get burned. With me, you won't be in over your head. And um, these songs really are kind of a reflection of uh, what, what I went through, um, how I was feeling. And um, also, just we're looking to Pastor Carl, like, that he was remaining integrous through this whole thing, what he was going through, the, the, the pain, the suffering that the church was going through. And um, we didn't want to just make this album just to make an album because churches are doing that. Um, we really wanted you and the whole church to kind of have this, this landmark, this milestone of God's faithfulness, really. And it's not just about what we went through, but, I mean, these are God's, literally God's, promises and his words from, from the Bible that we're putting into song form. So um, these are the things that you can cry out to you in your car. These are the things that you can cry out to you in, in your home. And um, they come from a real place. And uh, I think the songs, we're actually really blessed. We have like this whole album is a real collaborative effort. I didn't write all the songs off the album. I think Tyler did a, a lot of it. Um, Sabrina and I wrote some songs together and uh, a bunch of other people, but um, you guys got to know that we love you more than anything, more than just making an album. We really want you to connect with God, and we hope that um, this CD and, and all the words really reach reach you in a way, if that makes sense. Um, that's that's pretty much it. Did I, did I miss anything? Oh, that's good. That's okay. really good. Thank all you, right. Trevor. Thank you, Trevor. Um, well, I want to introduce you guys to Sabrina. Sabrina is um, an amazing vocalist, but she has an amazing heart. And um, she's been on team with us for, what, about four years? Since 2013? 12. Since 2012. And um, she's written, a, like, a number of songs on the album. And I want you to just give her a clap and welcome her. Hello. Uh, I'm Sabrina. And this is my worst nightmare. <laughs> Pu 
public speaking, it's completely different. It's a completely different animal from being up here and singing. Ooh, I'm just going to catch my breath for a second. You're good. You're good. We love you. We love you. <laughs> so being a part of this album was, it was just such a privilege, you know, to be able to work with Trevor and Tyler, and they're just like madhouses, you know? They just, they pump everything out like there's no tomorrow, and that's, it's, it's so amazing. Um, I got to write No One Like You and Heart Cry Out. It's like track two and nine or something like that. But um, yeah, I got to write No One Like You with Trevor, and I got to write um, Heart Cry Out with my brother Paco. He's the keys player. Um, no One Like You is based on the verse, Jeremiah 10, 6 through 7. And I'm going to read it for you guys. Lord, there is no one like you, for you are great and your name is full of power. Who would not fear you, O king of nations? That title belongs to you alone. Among all the wise people of the earth and in all the kingdoms of the world, there is no one like you. And I wrote this song when I was 17 years old, back in 2013. And um, what I was going through at the time was I allowed people's opinions to rule my life. I, in a sense, lifted up their opinions and what they said about me, maybe that I was, that I was big or that I was ugly or was, I can't write songs or anything like that. I, I lifted it up and put it in the place of God. Um, and I just, I just held on to it and I just, I just listened to everything that it said and it, it was poison, you know? It was, it was poison to my soul and to my spirit. And actually, when he was talking about the, um, the trials that we were going through, when Pastor Carl actually came back from his sabbatical, he spoke on the Anchor series. And he said, no longer will we be Jesus and blank. It's just going to be Jesus as our anchor. And that's what God showed me was that I was, I was doing Jesus and. Jesus and this. Jesus and this person. And no longer was I going to do that. And when I found that verse, he just, I just felt like he spoke to me and said, Sabrina, I made you. And there is no one like me. And you are my daughter. And I feel like God just really wants you guys to know that. That you are his son you are his daughter, and he placed you there. And all he wants is a relationship with you. That's so amazing. And in Heart Cry Out, I, um, my brother and I wrote that in December, I believe. So with you is, you know, we're trying to finish all the songs and get it done. And um, it's based on Philippians 2, 10 through 11. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. As one of my favorite verses, my dad actually brought me to that verse when I was, I was trying to write a song. It's been like almost two years since I, I wasn't able to, and that's what came out of. And during that time, I was, I was dealing with my identity as a worship leader um, in Jesus, and I just felt like I wasn't contributing. I wasn't enough. That was, that was the biggest thing, that I wasn't worth it. I wasn't enough. 
And when I asked my brother this past week, when um, I found out that we were going to be doing this, I asked him, like, Paco, what, what were you going through? And he said the exact same thing. And that's how I know that God really wanted us to write this song. Because we got on our knees and we confessed that Jesus was Lord, that this was his. We don't do this to make music. We don't do it to do any of that. We do it for Jesus, that you guys can encounter Jesus in a, in a different way and that it can be your own. And I feel like in my personal, just my walk with Jesus and in my life, the words, I'm not enough, have just reigned. When I was um, 14, I joined the worship team for the anchor kids back there with my brother Paco. And, you know, I was doing that for a while. And that was what I loved to do. But my whole family was, is involved. And I just felt like during that time, the enemy was just telling me that I wasn't enough for my family. My dad is this carpenter who, who leads with such boldness and with such authority. My mom, you probably, most of you probably know her. If you, if you go to the children's church, she's um, Christine, and she, she helps run the children's church. My sister is just a fireball of just wisdom and love. My brother Paco is amazing, and the, the other two, Jake and Josh, I'm two out of five, so it's a lot of us. Um, and I just felt like I wasn't enough for them, that I was just kind of like the black sheep. And so when I was 15 years old, it was February of 2012, I decided I was going to take my life. And it wasn't like, oh, I have thoughts of suicide or anything like that. I was in the bathroom, and I was going to drown myself. And then out of nowhere, God speaks, and he saved my life. And he says, Sabrina, please listen to me. Just give me one chance and I'll change your world forever. And I just said, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't. I'm not good enough. And he said, no, I make you good enough. And so right there, I decided to just give my life to him. And... Through that, my life didn't change around me, but my perspective changed how I looked at it. And two days later, I was in the courtyard, just finished with worship, and Pastor Trevor comes up to me, and he says, hey, do you, do you think that you'd want to um, sing the song Beautiful Exchange for Easter in the main service? And I got to tell you guys, that that changed my life because somebody believed in me when I didn't and God saved me God believed in me and with him I'm new and I'm made right with him and I just want you guys to know that if you ever dealt with that or if you are dealing with that God is with you and he just wants to love you he doesn't want you to be alone. I know what that feels like. Don't, don't let the enemy have that. Just be with God. 
Just let him love you. And I promise you will never regret it. Thank you. It's good. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even hear that. I didn't even know that until this past week when we we're trying to figure out what to say up here. Um, but that's that's crazy. Thanks, Sabrina. All right, I want to introduce uh, my brother Tyler. <laughs> He's so nervous. Like he was like tooth and nail, like fighting us. Like didn't want to do this at all. Um, but he has so much to say. He was such an instrumental part of this CD and this album. And um, I just appreciate everything that he does. That he backs me up like every weekend on drums. He's been in the church for like as long as I have. And hey, I just I want to say something really quickly. I'm super proud of the T boys, as we call them. Uh, Trevor, Tyler, and Tate, who's running our sound ministry back there. Uh, yeah, there's, there's one more of us. The, the Fergie brothers are amazing. The family and all of their wives and kids and everything, they're a huge blessing to this church. And this is Tyler, our drummer, that's always back there. He can drum as loud as anything, but when it comes to putting a mic in his hand and standing on stage, he is terrified. So <laughs> we're going to let him sit down. He doesn't even have to stand up, but... I want to hear um, Tyler's heart I, on I don't these know. songs. I, I feel like if I'm the only one that doesn't use the podium, then it'll look it'll yeah, look bad. Want to sound with you? <laughs> do it, do it. Can you do it? Or maybe maybe I'll just move it. Yeah, do it. I'm just, I'm just gonna move it. I can do whatever I want. I have the mic. There we go. Take it. You want me to hold your hand? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to go anywhere without you. <laughs> well, hey guys. <laughs> I'm Tyler, uh, and. I, I do play the drums, but I also do other stuff, too. Um, I, I've been a part of this church for a really long time, like, as, as long as I can remember. Not, not as long as I can remember. That, mean, that would mean since I'm, like, three, but I think we were, uh, I was in fifth grade or something when, when we started coming here, and Trevor kind of told the backstory a little bit. But, um, yeah, I've, I've been coming here f- for that long, and... I've been under the leadership of super awesome people, really consistent leadership. That like these these people sitting right next to me. Um, sorry, Sabrina, you're, you're a little bit later, but um, you're awesome too. How powerful is her story? Can we, can we encourage her a little bit. Um, so yeah, when when Trevor told me, hey, we're gonna be writing an album, I'm, I'm like, yeah, of course I want to be a part of that. I, I felt like it was my responsibility to, to do as much as I can to be a part of it, just because I've been so invested into this church for so long. I, I've, I've seen all the things that they've talked about. Um, I've never been on staff, but I'm, I'm the brother of one, so I hear everything, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really wanted to be a part of it, and, and I I, I prayed about it for a long time. We, we, um, Trevor actually gave us a year to come up with uh, material, and and immediately I started trying to go at it and failing a lot. And I would bring things to Trevor, and I'd be like, "Oh, I think this is super awesome, Trevor. We want you want to hear it." And he's like, "Oh, that that that, that kind of sucks." But uh, <laughs> um, but but that that was the process. I I really wanted to to do something good, not not because. I like good music. I mean, of course I like good music, but I wanted it to mean something more, mean something more for, for me and for, for you guys. Like, you guys are my family. <laughs> like, anyone who walks through this door, you're in your church, you're, you're my family. Um, 
if you're a Christian, you follow Jesus, you're my family. Um, but yeah, so I, I took it very seriously, maybe at, at sometimes a little too seriously. <laughs> but I, I wanted to make sure that, that I had a sincere heart about it because, I mean, you guys can tell if somebody's fake like a mile away, right? Like, so approaching the lyric and, and the scripture and, and really seeking God was, was super important to me. And um, it was just being consistent. Uh, I, I worked at it a lot. Um, I even went to a few conferences at, at, in Hillsong in Australia. I, I went a couple years in a row. I went the first time with, with the leadership, but after that, I was like, oh, I, I got I to gotta invest into, into this skill. Because God, God uses people that, that want to be used, you know? If, if you seek after him and if, if you try to develop your gifts, God's going to grow that. And, and so I, I, I did everything that I could. I learned everything that I could. And, and um, a lot of songs came out of it. I mean, it, it didn't all happen overnight. Um, I wrote my anchor first and brought that to Trevor. Trevor's the one that's singing it on the CD, and he does a great job at it. He's got the, he's got the voice for that one. Um, but, yeah, it, it was actually really cool, my anchor... Um, I didn't know that the, the name of our church was going to be Anchor Church when I wrote it. I knew that there was a name change coming, but it actually all kind of just happened in a pretty God coincidence. Um, but other, other songs like, like Leave It at the Cross, that one was so powerful to me, and I, I think it's powerful for a lot of people because that's, that's so many of our story feeling like we don't measure up, feeling like we're not good enough. And I, I, love, the, I love the image of, of the lyric about us surrendering and going to the cross and, and surrendering to someone who's actually surrendering everything they have in front of us. They, they're give, Jesus gave everything for us on the cross, and, and for us to come to that, it seems a little bit backwards, but I love that about God. He uses people that that shouldn't be used, you know? He's looking for people that have broken hearts. He's looking for people that, that don't measure up because he uses that to, to get closer to us, for one, but to glorify his name. And I, and I love that because we can go from glory to glory. Every time we don't measure up, God can use us again. We can come to him again and, and seek him, and then he'll use us again. But, um, yeah. I don't really know what else to say. What? I just no, that's, it's really good. Um, Tyler and I were talking. I just what I love about Tyler is um, it's, it's humility, but it's a surrendered heart. He told me when he heard about having to, to write some songs and what this album was, he he took it seriously. He got hungry for God. Is the right he went to the the conference was God. I need more of you. I want to just keep seeking. I want to be surrendered. I want this to come from the right place. We're not just doing this to show off or to do something musically. And just what he's saying is. That's the way we should all be in whatever it is that we're doing in our lives is absolute surrendered, hungry for God, and the rest of it always works out. So that's what I heard from him, and um, just super blessed to have him. Well, let me just make sure the songs you wrote were uh, My Anchor, as well as Perfect Love, and then Leave It at the Cross, which is such a heavy song. Um, I'm telling you guys, the reason we did this is I want you to know backstory. You're going to worship to these songs differently when you hear who wrote them and how they came into being. And Wednesday night when we go to worship night here together this Wednesday, it's going to be a powerful experience. Knowing the hearts 
and the, the humility and the integrity behind these songs, it's going to be good. So thank you, Tyler. Thank you so much. Well, here's a man that's going to have to stand up because we uh, love to hear him. But this is our own Pastor Tom. Would you guys welcome him? What's up? So I wrote nothing. Uh, but you know what? It's not easy to be up here, so let's give him a hand. Did a great job. Um, I want to I wanna talk to you guys first. I'm, I am so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of the worship team. This album is incredible. Can I just say that? It's really, really good. And I agree with Trevor. Um, it's, it's a monument, and I want you guys to see it this way. We, we've done albums before, but there's something special about this one. And, it, and it's because of what Trevor said. Um, we went through a journey as a church. Um, some of you guys have been through that journey. Um, was it two and a half years ago, uh, Pastor Carl had to take a break because he needed a break. He needed to work on stuff. And like, like uh, Trevor said, he was integrous the whole way. But, man, it was just a tough time. Uh, and I want to tell you right now, um, it was a tough journey. But can I just say one thing? God was with us. And that was a, for, I was going <laughs> to, that is for sure. And I can stand with you in 2016 saying God was with us the whole way. And one of the big scriptures uh, that this whole uh, album is based on was the, was the one in Exodus, was it, well, but it also was Psalm 40. And Psalm 40 actually means a lot to me, actually means a lot to me and Carl because, you know, back in the 80s when we were junior hires, you too, come on. And the, and the thing about you too was I was a punk rocker. My punk rock friends listened to you too, but you two sang worship songs. So I'm like, cool. And so I was like, I can still be a Christian, still be cool. And then you two sings this song called 40, which is based on one of the psalms that David wrote. And um, can I put it this way? I tattooed it on my arm. That's how I, I love this verse. And this, this is how special this verse means to me. And, and so this is what it says in uh, Psalm 40, verse 1 uh, through 3. It says this, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Yeah. I mean, it speaks for itself that our God rescues us. And I don't, you know, to me, it's not just the day of salvation that God pulled you out of the pit. How many of you guys know that? We got many pits for God to deliver us from. We get stuck in certain places, stuck in depression, anxiety, bad marriages. We get stuck in addiction, whatever it is. And we, we get stuck in those things, and God needs to rescue us. And I love this because then he sets our feet on solid ground. Then he gives us a new song to sing. But the cool thing about this verse is there's one, I kinda, one part that I didn't really focus on that in the last couple years, three, four years, where we were going through a tough time that actually Pastor Carl latched on to a part of this verse that I really didn't notice but really spoke to him because he was going through a tough time. It was the part that said that 
He's going to steady me along while I walk. And, you know, he started preaching about it. And he was saying how that verse just helped him because it's this idea of you're getting pulled out of the pit, but maybe you've been there for a while and your legs are, are getting tired and you, and you don't even know how to walk anymore and you're just kind of limping along and you're just taking a little step by little step. But, and then here's God. I steadied you as I walked. He's, he comes right beside you with you. And he steadies you and he grabs you and he's like that extra support as you take that weak step, that uncertain, shaky step. And I was like, how amazing that part, this verse of my life that I completely missed. But now I'm like going, wow, thanks a lot. We got a good pastor here. Tell me something new about a verse that I tattooed on myself. Come on. And, you know, I, I think of David because when we get to verse 3, it says this. He has given me a new song to sing. And I'm a firm believer that it's not just about singing. It's not about just, you know, not everyone here is a songwriter. But think about David. David was a songwriter. How many times did God have to pull him out of the pit that he was in, that he was stuck in, set his feet on solid ground, and then steady him as he walked along? How many times that he experienced it? And then he says, when God does that, he gives me a new reason to praise him. That's what it is. It's a new reason to go, God, you are good because I, have, I can't take any credit for that. And you pulled me out of that and you steadied me along. And I, I want to tell you the reason why I love this verse is because that's my life story. That God rescued me and then I look back and go, Man, I got to praise you. It's an overflowing of the heart that God did something. It's the backstory of David that brought the new song. And I want to tell you one thing that this album, that's why I love this album. That's why I think this album is very special is because this album is a result of of God pulling this church out of the pit setting it on solid ground, and then steadying Anchor Church as we walked along. And now we have actual proof in CD form of the new song that God is giving us. Are you hearing me? I'm getting excited here. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, it, it blows my mind that it was only two and a half years ago that Pastor Carl had to take a sabbatical, and we didn't know where we were going to go as a church. We didn't know if we were going to be a church. I mean, that's, let's just be honest. I'm not sure how many guys were here when that happened, but it was scary times. When, when Pastor Carl came back, um, we were definitely on shaky ground. We were kind of like learning how to walk and as a church, and God was steadying us as we took step after step after little step. And I remember... The following May in 2014, you know, like, like uh, Trevor said, our finances weren't so hot, and so, uh, but we wanted to still go to the Fourscore Conference, so it was me and Carl. That's all we could afford at that time. <laughs> like me and Carl are going to the Fourscore uh, four Square Conference in Dallas. And, um, and I remember when I had some time off, I was by myself, and I, um, I just was spending time with God, and I, you know, God led me, seriously, led me to this church in Dallas. And it was this incredible, just amazing structure 
that I just kind of bumped into, and I, I saw this. This is what I, what I saw. You guys got that picture? No picture? Oh, no, no, the other one, the other one. Yeah, so I, so I literally, here's the first Baptist church of Dallas. I mean, look, look, they have a waterfall. They have, like, you know, look at this thing, and there's a sanctuary behind there, and this incredible thing, and, and then I was just blown away, by like, oh, my gosh, this must be an incredible church. And, and then I was kind of walking around a bit, and then I saw this part. Show the other picture. And I saw this old, bu old building attached to that new part of the church. And it, was, and it literally said the First Baptist of Dallas, which means this is the old building. This is the original building back in like 19, uh, 1891, the first sanctuary uh, of the First Baptist of Dallas. And... I was just so blown away, and so the next day we were leaving Dallas, going to go back home, and we had some time to spare, waiting for the shuttle, and, and I just told Carl, I'm like, Carl, we got to go check out this church. You got you to gotta look at this. This thing is amazing. And so we walked over there, and um, oddly enough, um, at the same time we were walking around the First Baptist uh, Church of Dallas, Trevor and Sabrina were actually on the radio on The Fish in 2014, playing some of the originals that they just wrote that are actually on the album that you have in your hands um, now. And so it, with, with one earphone here like this, listening to them talking and being interviewed by Tisha and playing their songs, I'm walking around the first church of Dallas, and then God just downloaded something to me. And he just, just literally downloaded something to me. And I didn't have a pen and paper yet, and so uh, we went back to the hotel to wait for the shuttle, and I just quickly grabbed my notebook, and I just started writing the impressions that I, I believe that God gave me. And this is, this is what I wrote down. It says this. God is going to move us into a season of great abundance. A time when living water will overflow into great blessing. He will take the good thing and make it into something beyond our imaginations. The old foundation is good, but there is greater to come. And, um, and to be honest with you, it was one of those things that I didn't want to even share to, to, to Carl. I didn't want to share to anybody because my faith was a little shaky at that time. So I was telling God, I'm all, God, if this is true, you better come through. Anybody with me? You, be you better come through because we're walking real shaky right now. I don't know the future of this church. And that was two years ago, literally, actually, not even two years yet. It's like, you know, it was uh, Memorial Day weekend. And I am blown away at what God has done in the last two years. He steadied our pastor here, grew his confidence. Our church has grown. Our finances have come back. We changed our name. <laughs> We started a campus that he chose me to be a 
in charge of? We didn't, we didn't get our lease raised. And I, I'm, I'm just telling you what I think, and that there's so many things. And, and let me tell you what right, right, right now. Only a little bit of what I believe God gave me in the, on that day has come true because I believe this, there is more to come. And my faith has grown since then. But I, and, and I'll, I, I tell you, that I show you this because I think, it, I mean, I'm, I know it was God. And we have a new song to sing as a church. But I, I tell you this, not just for us to celebrate as a church. I, I tell you this so that you could build your faith. Because I, I think the most important thing is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you right now, you might be in a, a, a place where you're stuck. You might be in the mud right now. Maybe God took you out of the mud, but now you're still, you're still a little shaky. You're still a little unsure of yourself. You're not even sure if God is with you. I want to tell you right now, God has a new song to give you right now. He, he wants to give you a new song. There's a new song out there for you, that, a new song of freedom, that new song of a great marriage, that new song of abundance in your life. And I don't, I, I'm just telling you, God wants to give you a new song. Maybe you're in a place where you've turned your back on God and you actually said, I, I, I don't want you with me. But for some reason, you're back here worshiping with us, and I have a clue that you want God back in your life. Maybe that's you. And I'm, I'm going to do something. I, 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 I want to do a call to action. You guys ready for a call to action? You guys ready for something? Because I believe God wants to give you a new song. Man, I am blown away that the new song that God gave us is not just something that in my heart, I could put it in my CD player. It's a tangible thing of praise to our God because of what God brought this church through. A tangible new song, but he has a, a tangible new song to give to you. And my challenge to anyone here is, is that you would have a heart like Moses that says, God, I am not going anywhere if you don't come with me. You got to be with me. I'm not going without you. Be with me. Steady me as I walk along, please. And so we're going to do something. And I, I, and I don't want this to be, you know, a, a thing where everybody stands up. It's like, okay, who wants to follow Jesus? Me, I want to follow Jesus. We're all here to follow Jesus. But maybe, like I said before, maybe you're stuck. Maybe you're in a pit right now. Maybe you're shaky. Maybe you're uncertain. Maybe you don't know if God is with you. Maybe you turned your back on God and now you're back and go, God, please, can you be with me again? Maybe that's you. And, and you just want to cry out like Moses and say, Moses, I ain't going, I mean, God, I ain't going anywhere without you. If that's you tonight, 
I want to encourage you to do one thing. I know everyone's looking, but I think sometimes we need to do drastic things for the Lord to just say our heart to Him. Amen? So if that's your heart, you want to say to God, just like how Moses said to God, I ain't going anywhere without you. You have to be with me. Can you please stand up right now? Can you just stand to your feet? Just stand up to your feet. Come on. doesn't have to be everybody. If, that, if you're good with God, it's okay. That's awesome. Come on. Yeah, come on. Look at these guys. Look at these guys. As a family, if you're near any of these guys, maybe put, you can put a, maybe a little hand on them or just kind of reach your hand out to them so we can just, just pray for these guys. Lord, you are a faithful God, and I thank you so much that time after time in my failings, in my uncertainty, in my lack of faith that you've proven me wrong. You've chased after me, and you've done amazing things, and I don't know the stories, the backstories of every heart here. We just shared a whole bunch of backstories that led to victories and and times of abundance and times of peace and comfort, Lord. And, and, and we get to sing those new songs of the victories you've given us, Lord. But here are, are a bunch of people waiting for that new song that you're going to give them. And they're standing saying, Lord, I don't want to go anywhere without you. You have to personally be with me, God. And you love that. Lord Jesus, you love that. And you're loving every heart here that is standing before you going, Jesus, here I am. I pray for them, God. I pray that, Lord, that they would have that new song in their heart because they would see your victory. They would see you working. You would, you, they would feel you steadying them as they walked along. They would feel you pulling them out of the pit. They, they would feel the firm ground beneath them. I just thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just pray blessing over every single heart here. The ones that are standing and saying, I'm going to go with you, God, because you're going to be with me. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you guys have a seat? I want to say one more prayer, and that's a prayer of saying yes to Jesus Christ. And maybe you stood up. Maybe, maybe you did stand up just now, and you're going, yes, I'm giving my life to the Lord. But I just want to make sure because every time we pray and every time we have a service, I just want to offer up a salvation prayer, a prayer that says yes to Jesus Christ. And, and what that prayer is, is basically saying, Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross for me. I believe because you died on the cross, I will have life eternal. I, I will have freedom from sin. You have adopted me as a child, and I get to see you face to face when I leave this earth, but you're going to give me an abundant life here. And, and it's because Jesus did that for you on the cross, and all he's asking for you to do is say yes and acknowledge that he did it, and then give your life to him. So let's bow our heads and 
pray, close our eyes. And, and if that's your desire to say yes to Jesus, to become born again, to become a follower of Christ, maybe this is a rededication, a re-yes to him. But I want to pray with you as well. So if that's you tonight, I'm going to count the three. And on three, just lift up your hand. And, and as you lift up your hand, you're saying, Pastor Tom, I say yes to Jesus to become born again, to become a Christian, a follower of Christ. So here we go. One, two, three. Anybody here want to do that? We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. Little little kids like getting my attention. Awesome. Woo! Wow, we got one more. Twenty-three, I think. Oh my goodness, hands are going up. Any more, seriously, if you want to make sure, you want to say yes to Jesus, make a, a commitment to him. He's the, the living Lord of our lives. Anybody else? Awesome. Thank you so much for raising your hand. Say this prayer under your breath like it's your own. Lord Jesus, I come before you and I say yes. What am I, what am I saying yes to? That you are the Lord and Savior of my life that you died on the cross for me, that you shed your blood, and it's that blood that washes me clean. And three days later, you rose from the grave by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, in one fell swoop, you conquered sin and death in my life. That I don't have to deal with sin, and I don't have to deal with death. Thank you for that. And because of all of that, God, I give you my life. I surrender it to you. You are the, my Lord and Savior. You are my friend, and I, I give it to you, I acknowledge you, I thank you so much for saving, saving my life, pulling me out of the pit, and putting my feet on solid ground. I thank you. In Jesus' precious name we all say, amen.